Welcome into a brand new Friday scramble. It is April, my God, April 1st, 2022. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Andy Lack. Andy, have you been fooled yet, my friend? Not yet. I'm trying. I imagine the layup here is Tiger stuff, right? Like, I imagine that's the number one yeah. thing that people are going to do to an unbearable extent today. Yes, but it actually might come true, which is kind of not even then a good fool. Right? It's, not a good, it's not a good fool's if 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 I tweet out right now, Tiger Woods is playing the Masters, and in two hours, Tiger makes it official. Like I, I didn't fool anyone. Okay, so speaking of which, <laughs> is this another day where you're like on standby, big time, big time? So this is uh, not just CBS, but I, I know every network and every golf outlet is making preparations for an announcement today. I don't know if we are going to get it, but everyone is prepared for it. So yes, if I get a, a phone call here in the next couple of minutes that says, Hey, breaking news, tigers, uh, tigers made an announcement. Uh, I'll have to jump off. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be able to steer the ship in that event. Um, yeah. I mean, I knew it was a big thing when I had dinner with my mom last night and even she was asking me if I had a, had any intel on whether Tiger was playing. So I think we've reached a point where uh, this has permeated uh, from the golf consciousness just to the general public consciousness. And I'm sure we'll get into it, man. There's a lot to talk about. It's hard to stay for. It's like the night before Christmas, right? Where it's like, it's just it's hard to stay focused on the task at hand because I, I'm already super deep into my master's research. Yeah. And let's be real. We'll, we'll, we'll get to the, the master's stuff here in just a second. We're going to have to talk about it. It's what everybody wants to hear about. I will remind everyone that we are indeed presented by prize picks. We're going to do the prop it like it's hot segment very early in the show because there are already golfers out there on the course. So here's what you need to do. You need to use the code Rick. There's a link in the description. If you don't like to type, you could just click. It's a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 and be ready to put these props in because Andy, we're back, baby. Four and oh in round one after our mini slump, which I was looking back at. I think our mini slump, we were like um five and three, which is like a pretty a pretty good slump to be in. Yeah, some would say we never left. No, I was uh I was really enjoying tracking yesterday. The Stenson iron stats, like I was on to something there. I, I, I felt like that one was a bit of a flyer, but I was able to identify something in the numbers, you know, with Stenson and, and, and he flew under easily. And that so I just one. Yeah. That was yeah. one. I never, I never had a sweat on the entire time. Was that one? Spieth was the one where there was a little bit of a sweat, huh? There was a sweat on speed. He was like, he was playing fine. What was going to be crazy is I was going to be real upset when he hit 13 greens and shot one over. And I was gonna be like, dude, like you wasted. First of all, you wasted all of this and you burned the prop. But yes, he, uh, he did. He had to miss one of his final five greens, which sounds like it should be easy to do, but two of them are fives, Andy. So when you get yeah. an opportunity, like, like it's hard to miss a green in regulation on a five for these guys, unless you do something pretty egregious. Uh, and he found the fringe and it was just party central baby. And Spieth is like, I would make the argument right now that Spieth is the most difficult golfer to figure out because I test wise, it looks like he's really shaky from a ball striking perspective. The stats from a ball striking perspective are actually decent. Like they're not that bad. And 
he's not putting at all either, which I'm yeah. sure we'll talk about with Spieth a ton over the next six days or so. But yeah, I have no idea what to make of him. And Hideki already said, like, let's go. I got a dinner to plan. I'm out of here. Yeah, for sure. So uh, get the get your situation ready on Price Picks. We'll get to that in a second. The the four that we have for you today, it's a 10x return on the power play. So we'll get that in a second. But you talked about it, Andy. I think the big news out of the Valero this morning is Hideki Matsuyama's withdrawn. He said, uh, you know, this is something that uh, the back injury that he's been dealing with that I believe he actually kind of retweaked on Wednesday, which is why he didn't play the Pro-Am. And of course, uh, probably nobody looking ahead more uh, than Hideki is, obviously, to get back to Augusta National. But man, it, it would be a shame if he wasn't if he wasn't healthy for his defense. And it, it doesn't necessarily feel like he's healthy. Well, it, it seems like Tiger is sucking a lot of the air out of the room, even if even if Hideki was healthy. I don't think we'd get the normal. I mean, it's different with Hideki because of the Japanese media. Right. But I don't think we're going to get the regular defending champion big time discussion narrative that we normally would just because of what's going on with Tiger right now. So I really hope that uh, Hideki rests up and gets healthy and, and puts up a fight. You know, it's really, really hard to repeat as Masters champions. I think it's only happened three times in history, Nicholas Faldo and Tiger. And the last time it was done was 2001, 2002 with Tiger. Um, so it's very unlikely with Hideki. But I will say this, you're probably going to get a good number on him next week. You're probably going to get him at very low ownership next week. So yeah. hopefully, um, hopefully he rests up and gets healthy and, and he'll put up a good fight next week. Yeah, I guess uh, we'll see about Abe Answer as well. I mean, th the, this field it was it was top heavy already, Andy. And Answer withdraws on on Wednesday. Hideki withdraws here during the second round, getting getting weaker and weaker. But no, you know the other guys at the top aren't really stepping up. Spieth is a couple under par midway through his second round. Roy McIlroy, uh, I don't know, was kind of fine okay but if you're Rory McIlroy okay and fine are not adjectives that you want people to use to describe your day it's just a weird situation I think it's it's wide open for basically everybody else yes and and so we've I've talked about this a bunch right is like how these guys like Rory and Spieth play this week is going to dramatically in my opinion, shape the narratives heading into the masters and, and how the odds boards look and, and who drifts and, and stuff like that. And, you know, with guys like Rory and Spieth not performing well this week, um, that's going to be interesting to see how the markets get readjusted next week. As far as the Valero Texas open goes, Rick, I think it's wide open, right? Like I, I, I was high on JJ spawn, to begin the week, I bet him at 210 to one. I made a joke with you off air, um, tongue in cheek that I've already spent the spawn money because <laughs> it's, it, I, it's very unlikely. I think that JJ spawn is going to be able to hold, but you know, going through the top 10 on the leaderboard as it currently stands spawn Knox chapel, Hoshgard, Charles Howell, Scott Gusecheski, Matt Kuchar, Henrik Norlander, Vincent Whaley, Lucas Glover, Hudson Swaffer, Nate Lashley, Brant Snedeker, Richard Bland, Davis Riley, Michael Glidgick. I mean, it's just like it's why it's absolutely wide open right now. And it it I don't really 
I don't get the sense that Spieth or Rory is going to make a giant run today either. No, I don't get that sense either. Spieth still looks a little bit uh, as he just rolled in a 21 footer for birdie, but he looks a little, uh, that was, that was the ugliest birdie I've ever seen him make on a par five. It was not pretty. Uh, I, I did just get a text from CBS. Like we're, we're in, we're in the tiger watch window right now. So I don't know if they think that like something is about to drop, but I think something is, is coming on tiger today. Um, so let's, Let's do this. Uh, let's let's do the props. We got to get the props out there because um, we we've got guys on the golf course. We want to make sure we run through them and give it enough time. We're gonna get to those props. Get ready. We'll hit it on the other side. Alak is not only the co-host of the Scramble, but also produces his own show, the Inside Golf Podcast. It's available twice a week, focusing on course breakdowns, DFS, and betting strategies for every PGA Tour event. Admittedly, I was drawn to Andy for his data-driven approach, which you'll find on his Sunday shows as he breaks down the field. But I'm even more impressed by his passion for course architecture, which offers a different perspective of our great game. Mix those together with insightful and humorous guests who don't take themselves too seriously, and you've got a recipe for a great podcast. Follow Inside Golf Pod on Twitter and download Inside Golf wherever you download podcasts. All right, Andy, let's prop it like it's hot. Presented by Prize Picks. The code you want is Rick. The link is in the description. Armando knows what's going on. He says Prize Picks is literally a money printer. He is absolutely correct in that. Uh, 4-0 and on Tuesday, which was a 12.5x return. The four that we have today... 10x is what I got on it when I put it in just a few moments ago. Uh, but we are still seemingly finding huge edges here. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I will continue to say, right. Every single time I go on prize picks ahead of, you know, when we do our Tuesday show and then when I look again on Friday, I think the Friday lines are a little bit, a little bit sharper than the pre tournament lines. But one thing I just consistently notice is, seems like they always have something a little a little bit too high or a little bit too low and I, I I think it's very very easy to capitalize and I think the one thing that I like you talked about the cascading effect the one thing that I like about prize picks a lot is you can really pick and choose how aggressive that you want to be with this like I think we've been able to find a ton of success so you and I probably at this point play a little bit more aggressively but if you kind of want to dip your toes in you can do that as well yeah, here's a, a tweet that we got last night. This is from Tell Me You Love Me. And uh, this is what I think is the best strategy. And it's the one that I deploy as well. Essentially taking, listen, you can take our four props. You can play them in a power play, whatever. Uh, you can mix them in with your own. Highly encourage you to do whatever you want. Spend your own money here. But you can see, you know, you take the four props and you split them up. So here's a, a three entry with just McNeely, Stenson, and Smith. And then another three entry with just Bryson, Spieth, and Stenson. And then, uh, you know, I think there was a couple of two entries in there and another one with just Bryson Spieth and McNeely. So this is the idea, Andy, where, you know, if we give you four picks or you have your own four picks and you go three and one and you had it on a power play, you would have lost. But if you do it like this, you can still very much turn a profit. Like this is, this to me is the best way to do it. Yeah. You don't, you don't I, perfect. You know? Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I, I think, you know, the, 
I'm not somebody who tends to parlay stuff just regularly in sports betting. I tend to be a little bit more conservative in that sense as well. So yeah, I absolutely love that idea of you kind of pick and choose your spots where it's time to be a little bit more aggressive. All right, well, let's pick and choose. Let's uh, let's give out some Friday props. The code you're looking for is Rick. The link is in the description. It's a 10x ROI on these four. Andy, kick us off. All right. So our boy Rasmus Hogard, who, you know, all respect to Rasmus. I think he'll be a future uh, Ryder Cup player, right? There's a lot of buzz about his talent. He's won a couple times on the European Tour. He gained over four strokes putting yesterday. Um, And I'm looking at 72 right now, which would be even par. Um, He tees off a little bit in the afternoon when the wind is supposed to kick up. And the course played about even par yesterday. It played like minus 0.16 strokes under par yesterday. And that was in less wind that we're going to get this afternoon. I just feel like regression is imminent with him. So I'm going to take the over on Rasmus 72 this afternoon. Yeah, and you mentioned it. and We kind of, uh, I I meant to bring this up at the top. The wind is expected to kick up this afternoon. This is supposed to get harder. You're already kind of seeing it on the coverage right now. I mean, Jordan Spieth, two clubs in hand right now. Greller looking around the trees, trying to figure out what direction and how hard this wind is. That's only going to get more difficult throughout the day. So uh, I think a lot of these props that we have are kind of, fades on some of these guys. So Rasmus Hogard uh, over 72 for Andy. I'll take Ricky Fowler under 10 greens in regulation. He hit eight yesterday and drove it very, very poorly. And we know greens in regulation is obviously uh, uh, most attributed to the second shot, Andy, but a lot of courses, especially this one, you can destroy your chances of hitting a green on your first shot. Right. And when you're not driving it well, I think you've got a big issue. And and I don't think I see that from from Ricky Fowler right now. And I'm I'm banking on that wind, baby. Kick up. These greens are already so hard to hit. Yeah. I'm doing literally the same thing. So I, I was looking at I was looking at greens and regulation too. And I, I looked at Westwood under 10 and a half greens and regulation. So Lee Westwood lost 2.3 strokes on approach yesterday. And We've already talked about how there's going to be more wind in the afternoon. He hasn't been hitting his irons well at all for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. And this course already has a low greens and regulation percentage to begin with in, you know, not super windy conditions, right? So even like pretty good iron players on average hit around 10.5. So now I'm getting a below average iron player right now who's who's really struggling with that particular aspect of his game on a course with a lot of wind, like, plus you have the angle of Westwood's in the masters already. Mm. And he shot plus one yesterday. The cuts probably going to be minus one or maybe minus two. Like, do we really see a guy that is already in the masters field, like grinding to make the cut here? So this one to me is a layup. Um, I, I slammed this one. I took Westwood under 10 and a half greens in regulation. Uh, the bloke from Worksop might be moving on to the Masters, uh, getting out of town a little bit early here. Uh, I took, I did take an under in a good way, and uh, I saw TJ in the chat had already uh, sniffed me out on this one. It is indeed Siwoo Kim under four and a half on number 14. So this is why I think the cascading is important. 
I think there's a huge edge in hole 14, but when you go to one single hole, the variance is quite high. So that's why I like working it into that cascading effect. So Siwoo uh, has played this hole, hole 14, 17 times. It's made birdie or better. 13 times, including yesterday, uh, that hole still playing a half stroke under par, which is what it played on Thursday. These guys are absolutely wrecking it and it fits Siwoo's eye. So here we go. Uh, Siwoo under four and a half on hole 14. Ricky Fowler under 10 greens in regulation. Lee Westwood under 10 and a half greens in regulation and Rasmus Hoygaard over 72. Ryan's already got it in, Andy. You put all four of those together. You turn it into a power play. It's a 10x potential return. I got it in too. I got it in before we, I've been burned too many times where I tried I to do it after the show and it, and the numbers are gone. So I'm already in there too. Ryan, let's ride, man. Uh, the times that I forget and I go back and it's like, oh, now it's not 72 and a half anymore. It's 71 and a half. And I'm like, oh God, of course I'm on the wrong side of this. But uh, yeah, hopefully everyone is out there is getting the right line. I did have one honorable mention. And I went back and forth on actually including this, and I wanted to get your thoughts on it. There was, um, it was Bryson under like 73 and a half last night. It was under 72 and a half this morning, which is basically him shooting even par. I was a little bit worried about the wind, and I was a little bit worried about just him making a triple and blowing this whole thing up and moving on to the Masters, Andy. But he could not have played any worse yesterday. He lost strokes off the tee. He lost strokes on approach. He looked horrendous. And he shot a 73 and I was like, there's no, there's no way he, he can shoot worse than that. Yeah. And I don't really worry about Bryson as much the way that I worry about Westwood with him being in, in the master's field. Like I think Bryson himself wants more reps, right? I, I don't, you know, I, I don't necessarily think that he's going to check out. I think Bryson's enough of a psycho to, you know, want to make the cut and, and try and figure things out as well. I noticed the same thing as well with Bryson. And and I, I noticed this even, you know, at the match play, I thought he's looked okay. And I think my prediction with Bryson was he's going to continue to get better as, as the week goes on. I don't think he's going to end up contending at this tournament. I think if Bryson can skate out of here with a, I don't know, 30th place finish and, you know, plus two or three or four ball striking, like, that's a victory heading into Augusta. Um, so I like that play a lot, man. Okay. So what I did is I took like the four that we did. I did that as his own entry. Then I did another one where I added Bryson under 72 and a half. And I was a little bit worried about the wind and kind of some other, other big number factors there. Uh, but that's oh, what no. I know. Look at the chat. Rasmus already 73. See, you gotta be quick, man. You gotta be quick. A full stroke. You got me so nervous when you said, oh, man, I thought like Tiger made an announcement or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I was I'm looking at the chat, too. And um, Paul writes, Tiger just popped on the strokes page for next yeah. week. Didn't notice it before. I was that? looking too. yeah. Did you notice uh, that they have prize picks up already for the Masters? I didn't see. I didn't see everything. I just saw Tiger. Was there more than that for the Masters? Yeah, I think so. And they had Tiger at like 75? 75 and a half when I saw it. That's you crazy. You want the under? Yeah, that's too high. And I'm not a Tiger guy this week. I'm not going to play him. I'm I'm not as bullish on his chances to play well this week. But 75? Doesn't that feel high? For sure. Can I tell you that 
uh, and I, I don't know my opinion on this yet, but I, I have heard from multiple people down in the South Florida area that he has been playing and playing harder than I, than he is leading on like six hour range sessions. I heard yeah. the same thing and getting like super lathered up pl- walking at medalist all the time. Um, sw- going at things hard uh, again. I, I, that's, I'm just t- passing the message on of what I've heard, but I kind of believe it. I mean, even some of the stuff he said in December for, before the PNC championship, and then he comes out with tour level club head speed and stuff like that. And I'm like, Oh man, he looks, he's first of all, he's jacked and he looks, he looks good. I, I think part of me believes he's downplaying how fit he is at the moment. I think that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would absolutely agree with that. You know, it's tough because I don't think that we can compare this situation to 2019. It's absolutely nothing like 2019. People forget in 2019, Tiger was playing like awesome golf. Like he won the Zozo in the fall. He just finished 10th at a WGC. Like Tiger had been playing really, really good golf. And you look at the lead in numbers for Tiger heading into the 2019 masters. Like it was great. He was hitting his irons. Well, he was like, People forget he was like 16 to one that week, right? So yes, it was a long shot. Yes, a lot of people didn't think that he could do it, but it was it's incomparable to what we have this week where there's a situation where, you know, he hasn't played a competitive round of golf in 17 months on the PGA Tour, right? So I don't think that we can compare those two. With that being said, um, I think it, you know, we see guys that are in their mid 50s and early 60s make the cut at Augusta every year because it's such a nuanced course where course history is so important, where experience is so important, where knowing and understanding the greens and where to leave yourself and and where you can make mistakes is so, so, so important. And that's how Tiger won in 2019 too. He didn't win by overpowering this course. He won by outsmarting this course, right? So I think it's a safe bet that, I don't think Tiger is going to go out there and embarrass himself by any means, which is why I think the 75 felt ridiculously high to me, especially seeing as the course has gotten a lot of rain in the past couple of weeks. So I think it's going to play on the softer side. I think I'm kind of lukewarm on the whole idea. Like, are you going to play him in DraftKings, Rick? No, 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 no. Well, and we can do that on the other side because I can pull up the pricing and we can talk. He's 8,500 bucks and I think it's much too risky. I like... um uh, I think the only thing that I would consider betting is the if you can get plus money on the yes side of him making the cut. Because listen, I think at this point we know he's going to play, and even if he doesn't play, you'll get your money back. Uh, we're already down to ninety golfers. Top fifty and ties are going to get through. The bottom fifteen to eighteen have no chance of making the cut. If if Tiger is downplaying it, he's already two shots better than everybody else mentally, the experience, everything that you're talking about. Uh, I see, I don't see a super narrow path to him finishing T 48. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's, I think that's fair. And I think he's so interesting in DraftKings rec, because I don't think the, the sharp players are going to touch him, but I think that he's going to get a ton, a ton of public support. So he's the type of guy that I could see being like 4% in certain contests and 28% in other contests, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. Um, okay, so uh, that that's the prize pick segment. And you can actually, like, we're there's going to be so many. Uh, I know there's going to be amen corner props, so I've been running the numbers on all of that. And I've been talking to Mark Immelman, who has seen every shot at amen corner in the last three years because he's been on the amen corner coverage. So, like, we're going to have some really good intel for next week as well. Uh, make sure you use the code Rick. The link is in the description. Get all set up. Get everything in place because we are going to absolutely make a bundle over the course of the next seven or eight days uh okay let's turn our attention back to the valero for a second we'll actually do a little bit of a first look at the DraftKings pricing for the masters but we're going to do it on the other side if you're not playing daily fantasy on prize picks then you're not really playing daily fantasy they offer nothing but props and they do it better than anyone else you pick two to five players on an over under and can win up to 10 times on any entry they allow mixed sport entries, meaning you can take the over on LeBron James and the under on John Rahm. The golf-specific props are amazing. Birdies or better, fairways hit, greens in regulation, round score, and now, yes, single hole props. That's right. What score will a golfer make on a specific hole? I have prize pick specific tools on my website to help you build the best entries. And now prize picks is offering a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just use the code Rick at sign up or click the link in the description. That's code Rick. Good luck. Okay, Andy, we've got uh, JJ Spawn still uh, out front. Couple holes to play here. Three shots clear. Friends over at Caesars uh, Sportsbook have him at seven to one to win this thing. What was he before the event started? I got him at two hundred and ten to one. Oh my lord! Yeah, I mean you can't bet seven to one right now. Obviously, no, absolutely not. And I, I think with Spawn, the reason why I was on Spawn pre-tournament is. He had been quietly playing some really good golf, right? Like he had his iron, uh, his approach numbers were really good. His ball striking numbers in general were kind of all trending in the right direction. My confidence, I think, I don't think he's going to eject, right? I think he'll be relevant over the weekend, uh, especially if you look at the guys behind him. It's not like he has a murderer's row of guys chasing him down. But yeah. it, th my recommendation, Rick, would be if we're talking about live betting this tournament, I would like somebody that finishes their round in the morning and maybe like gets in the clubhouse at like three, four under par. I think those guys are still live heading into the weekend. So an example of that is like, say a guy like, I don't know, Lucas Glover, for example, who's four under par through 13 holes. And if he can maybe even pick up one more or even just stay at four under par and he's done, right, heading into the weekend, like those are probably the guys that I want to target. I'm worried about the wind in the afternoon okay. would be my take on it so far. Okay, yeah, so whoever posts is probably not getting uh, too far out or it's probably not getting extended on in the afternoon. Lucas Glover's 50 to one right now. Yeah. Kind of I mean, he could get, yeah, I mean, he could get one. He still has, he still have one or two fives to play. He's got 18 and he's on a five right now. I mean, he could get to, I mean, if he gets the five. Yeah. Spawn, like he's down Rory McElroy. Uh, spawns at 10 now, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is he really going to win this thing? <laughs> I don't think so. I worry about him. I mean, we see this every single week on the PGA tour wreck where, Guys, it feels like they just peak a little bit too early. And and Spieth talks about this so eloquently about like 
the art of peaking at the right time in a golf tournament. And I'm worried that my boy JJ is flying a little bit too close to the sun right now. Um, but you know, I'm not going to trade his position for anyone else's position. <laughs> for sure. He started on the back, which is the easier side. So he's, he's yeah. playing the harder side right now. So we'll see how he finishes. He's got four holes to go. Our one and done selections. So I have Maverick McNeely, who was two under, made us money in prize picks and putted. Uh, he lost like three strokes putting. It like was led like, the field and approach, right? <laughs> led the field and approach. I like, there's gotta be, I hate that he's now playing in the afternoon and, and, and might get the windy side of it, but that would be the absolute, just regress back to your mean and go out and shoot four under again. Yeah. I think Mav is like, he's the data like play that you would want to take, right? right? Where you look at, um, the, the numbers with him and the numbers suggest that his score was a lot worse than how he played. Um, so I still think you're in a decent position with Mav. I mean, Mav is, he's the highest ranked. We talked about this, uh, on the Tuesday show. He's the highest ranked player, not in the masters. And he's got to be looking up at that leaderboard and seeing JJ spawn and Russell Knox and Charles Howell and Norlander and Gusecheski. And, uh, and saying, Hey, you know, if I can get to two or three or four, like I'm, I'm still totally in this Hadwin's at two also, right. My, my oh, guy, has yeah, so both, both of our guys are two under playing in the afternoon, which I guess is yeah. fair. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I liked Abe, by so the did. way, question for you. Yeah. Didn't you find Abe's la the language that answer used to talk about why he withdraw very specific. I was I was forced to withdraw. Like, what do you what do you think that means? <laughs> uh, in a in a uh, so I, I don't know anything. So I'll clarify it with that. But I think that uh, yes, I thought it read uh, to to kind of choose his words very carefully. Say I was forced to withdraw. Well, I I believe in 2022. There's kind of only two things that can force you to withdraw. One is an injury, which you would think if he's that he would have said, Hey, I, I, I tweaked a rib. I did something. Uh, he was there all week. He hosted a party. He was playing like it was, hopefully he did not get injured. The other thing that forces you forces implies that an outside entity, uh, is, is making sure that you're not playing uh, right. Would, would be, would be COVID like that's the, that's the, general assumption of 2022 golf when a golfer says i was forced to withdraw yeah and so maybe he doesn't want to say that he has covid i guess i don't know anyway i mean i i think we're in this really fascinating uh position with abe and hideki and you could throw even paul casey into that mix as well where it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, how people feel about some of these players with such big question marks, especially even if a guy like Bryson does end up missing the cut and does end up not playing that well here. Spieth, there's a ton of question marks too around Spieth right now. Just if you watch Spieth play golf, it's objectively scary right, right. now. So I'm, excited it's going to be it's going to be really interesting to try and parse this out over the next couple of days there is a 
contingent of the scramble listeners that do not believe that you should be able to uh, change your one and done selection. If your golfer withdraws on a Wednesday, because you had answer locked in. And when he withdraws a lot, and we had this problem before where I joked around, like, should we let Andy change? And people are like, no, he should have known that burger was going to withdraw from the AT&T, <laughs> which I don't understand because if you're playing any one and done contest, like if you're in the big, like Rick run, good one and done or the fantasy golf, whatever, like you can just go on your computer and change it yourself, like manually. Right. So listen, I like the gamesmanship um, that is implied here. I like that. Maybe it seems like people have gone onto your side to, you know, root for the underdog here to root for the root for the comeback here, but come on guys, have, have a little faith and respect for the game. Amazing. Uh, yeah. And I like to play it up. Like, I don't know. I don't know if we should let him do it. I, I think he's locked in. <laughs> yeah. Like guys, come on, come on here. It's all, it's all in the fun of the game. I love it. Uh, all right. Let's, um, let's quickly look at the master's pricing and then we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. Cause I think, uh, I think things are heating up. So, so here mm-hmm. is uh master's pricing. Now when master's pricing comes out early, Andy, it always, kind of creates uh some inherent value i'm not sure we're necessarily going to see all of that value realized this week because the guys that you would think it would uh, apply to would be hideki rory speed if one of them were to win the valero you would have gotten them basically like a thousand dollars cheaper than they should have been uh mm-hmm. but i i do not think we are heading for one of those scenarios right now no and i mean if you look at the guys that are in the mix to win the valero those guys are probably going to be 6K golfers. They're going to be added to the field. (laughs) Yeah. So, oh man, I don't know, Rick. I want to get your take. Like what was the biggest, what was the biggest thing that stood out to you pricing wise? I I have an answer to like the, maybe the most surprising price that you've seen. Um, I think Cam Smith at 9,900. I thought he should be more expensive. I, I know that he's not sexy Rory or JT or DJ, but he is one of the best players on, on earth right now. And I thought yeah. he should have been, I thought he should have been more expensive. Okay. I like that one. I'll give you two. Mm-hmm. Brooks was cheaper than I thought. I'm um, pretty sure Brooks is going to win this thing. Oh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. I love I'm like that. all in on Brooks right now. Okay. I love that. I have another guy that I'm all that I'm kind of all in on, but I don't, I, I don't think you'll be alone on that Brooks thing. Yeah. The 94 was interesting to me because you look at how Brooks stands in the betting markets and you know, he's playing good golf. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a major championship. So generally like if Brooks is playing good golf, heading into a major championship, you could make the argument that he should be top three in pricing. I, I do not understand, I, and I love Taylor Gooch. I do not understand why Taylor Gooch is 8,700. Um, he's never played the Masters before, and he's higher than, I mean, Sam Burns has also never played the Masters before, except Sam Burns has been a better is a better player than Taylor Gooch, and he's ahead of guys like Neiman, who just won at Riviera and has Masters experience, and Adam Scott and Tony Finau who finishes in the top 10, like 60% of the time that he plays the masters. And, you know, even guys like Fitzpatrick, who's like a top 25 player in the world and has had some nice experience at the masters. So Gooch at 87 was surprising. Now he might be like 5% 
at 8,700, um, yeah. which I would also be kind of interested in. But there were a couple ones, like I think Connors at 76, Mega Chalk potentially, right? Like there are a lot of, I'm going to be really, really interested to see how, how ownership takes. I'm probably more excited to write. I'm super, super excited to write my, my Wednesday article because I think ownership's going to be all over the map. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's so deep. I mean, th- who, who could be the slate breakers here? Hideki, uh, because nobody has any idea nor trust. I mean, Bryson, what would it take for you? Bryson's $9,100. He's stuck between Will Zalatoris and Daniel Berger. I'm probably more bullish than most, but I think the bar is pretty darn low for Bryson uh, optimism right now. Yeah, and Zalatoris is going to be mega popular, Rick. Yeah. Like I think, I think a ton of people are going to want to play Zalatoris. So Bryson is in this interesting range where he's kind of a clear pivot off of Zalatoris. Um, yeah, I'd pu- I'd take a chance on. A- I mean, I want to see how he does today. How did Bryson hit the ball in round one? I want to look. Not, Not great. Yeah, I mean, he lost he lost uh, a stroke off the team and maybe a half a stroke on approach. Now, I believe uh, I know he hit a provisional on a hole. I don't know if he ended up uh, playing that provisional, but like one hole could have accounted for a lot of his off the tee issues. I'd have to go back and look at the hole by hole stuff, but it, it wasn't statistically all that great. Right. Yeah. So I think like I think in the nine K range. Brooks and Zalatoris are going to be the guy. Brooks, Zalatoris, and Cam Smith are going to be the guys. I think Cantlay might go under owned, Rick. Like, wh- what's your state of the union on Cantlay right now? Because this is a guy that we were talking about at 12 to 1, 14 to 1, as maybe the best player in the world a couple weeks ago. Like, after Cantlay lost that playoff in Phoenix and had just won, like, three times in the past couple of months. Like we were talking about Cantlay as the best player in the world uh, a month and a half ago. And now he's 12th, 11th in pricing and, and, and could possibly go under owned. It's so weird, man. It's like when he is uber popular, he disappoints. And when he's not, he goes out and win. I think I feel the same. It's just like, He's he's super well rounded. I think that though of the high players, he he kind of lays eggs in some in some major spots more frequently, right? I mean, it's not I, there's this narrative that's like, oh, he doesn't play well in big events. I, I don't know. I watched him win the Tour Championship. I watched him win the BMW Championship, right? Like, I it, it's not big event. I just I'm generally always more bullish on uh, on Patrick Cantlay than most, but I'm I. I'm growing with worry, to be honest. Who do you think the most popular guy 10K plus is going to be? Um, let's see here. So, so Scheffler, Rom, yeah. DJ, JT, Morikawa, Hovland. JT. And Rory. JT. Yeah. J- JT is $700 cheaper than Scotty. Uh, he will he's going to get, he's going to get all the narratives. Like people like JT, he's a well-known American. So when all the casuals come in, they're going to go to JT. He's been playing well, but he hasn't won. All the guys with models are going to point to JT. Like, I think it's going to be JT. I think you're right. I agree with you. You know, Scheffler's probably going to go under owned, which is kind of funny. I know. Yeah. And I bet you, yeah, I bet you it's JT and, Rom 
are the highest owned here. I think, I think Morikawa and Hovland will maybe go a little bit under owned would be my guess. I could see that as well. There's just, there's just too many guys up here, right? There's just, there's just not enough. Uh, I mean, even with the soft pricing, I mean, you're going to have to, you're going to have to split some hairs Go Okay. Let's, let's just do the tiger thing. Then we can get out of here. So, okay. uh, tiger at 8,500. Hmm. Uh, unplayable in DFS. I think so too. I'm not super interested in, in tiger. Again, I think that he probably has the widest range of outcomes in terms of ownership, um, where I could see him being 20%. I mean, Rick, think about it. If we get all it takes is one interview. Like what happens if, you know, on media day early next week, JT comes out and says, Tiger looks amazing, right? Like that's all it's going to take. I I don't think casual players care that uh, he hasn't played competitive golf. And, you know, Tiger is like the trump card, right? Like there's no, it's a lose-lose situation. There's no benefit in doubting him, right? Because if you doubt him and he plays bad, like no one wants to root for that. Right. And on, then on the off chance that he right. plays well, you look silly and everyone never doubt tiger. Don't can't say I told you so. Right. So I think the mistake that people will make is comparing this situation to 2019 because it's absolutely nothing like 2019 with that being said. Um, I don't think it's going to take a lot for tiger to make this cut. Um, so I think you kind of have this interesting predicament in DraftKings where I could see it all over the map. And I think it really depends the chatter that comes out from the other players the next couple of days, if that makes sense, which will really kind of dictate where his ownership falls. Yeah, I uh, I already do have exposure to Tiger. So I, uh, full transparency, I've bet two things. Circa had, will he hit one stroke? And they opened it up at minus 110. And I said, okay, I'll smash that. But now it's like minus 700 or something like that. Because I'm fairly sure he's going to take one stroke at this point. And then the other one, uh, they do have a prop. I think it is 75 and a half for his opening round. The other one that I took at plus money was to make the cut. And then that that is me... uh, like I'm happy to give some of the some of the one stroke stuff back and also like that's my rooting interest right like I want to be invested in Tiger's success I think the most reasonable place to do it is him making the cut but um yeah I mean it would be it would be hard to invest in a lot of other situations the masters is the easiest cut to make you know of all the majors right it's yeah. it's top 50 in ties in a 90 man field and you could pretty much cross out at least 10 of those guys, 10 of the super old guys versus the amateurs, right? So I think Tiger to make the cut should be minus money. I think you got I think you got good uh, odds there, but I, I worry about the upside. Like if you had to guess, right? Okay, let me give you this to make it a little bit more interesting. Over under on Tiger finishing position, 37.5. Oh, uh, it's a good one, right? I'm pretty good at setting these lines. Uh, I would take the over. I think there are a lot of outcomes. He misses the cut in, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. just like, Hey, I I'm doing a lot of speculating to get to the point of him making the cut. So I think, I think there's obviously a path to him missing the cut. And then to, if he does make the cut to probably beat out 
yeah, another 15 or 20 guys. And as the week goes on, like uh, things are going to get like, like, like it's going to get harder for him, right? Like the four days of competition, if he does make the cut. So I, I, I think I'd have to take the over. I think I go slightly over two. I think that's a good line. Like, I think that's probably, I think that's probably the most likely outcome is that he finishes in that maybe 30th to, to, to 40 range. And it's, it's fascinating, Rick, because it's, it's going to be such a, a vacuum this week where I actually think if you're a guy like Rory McIlroy, if you're a guy like Colin Morikawa, if you're a guy like John Rahm, Victor Hovland, Justin Thomas, I think it's a good situation for some of those guys, right? I think with Tiger sucking up so much of the media attention, like I think that's a good thing for maybe some of the guys like Rory, for example, who generally eats up a lot of the airtime heading into Masters Week because he's going for the career Grand Slam. Like Tiger's just going to take all of that this week. Yes. He already for has. First, sure. right. That's exactly right. He already has. Okay. Andy, I think we're going to put a pin in it there, but because uh, hopefully uh, any moment we are going to get something official out of Camp Tiger, and then we will officially uh, have all the oxygen head in that direction. But any any final thoughts? JJ Spawn actually looks like he gave one back. He's at nine under. The next time I see you on a scramble is going to be Masters Week. Is this your first? Is this your first Masters like covering this all full time? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And pretty much every tournament is my first tournament covering it full time. You know, it it is, I just passed the one year anniversary of my first ever podcast episode was at the match Congrats. play. Yeah. So I was, I went back and, and listened to uh, my master's episode. Painful exercise. Do not recommend that whatsoever, <laughs> but we've come a long way is all I'll say. Andy Lack is available on Twitter at ADP Lack Sports. You can find me at Rick Run Good. We will see you on Tuesday for a Masters Scramble. Woo! Feels good to say. Sign up for prize picks because we are going to take all their money this week and next. We'll see you on Tuesday.